Welcome to the Healthcare Hustle Podcast, hosted by Nigel Williams and Winston Wright, in partnership with the St. Louis chapter of the National Association of Health Service Executives. Nigel and Winston are two young black healthcare professionals who formerly completed administrative fellowships at one of the nation's leading academic medical centers. Desiring to connect with and highlight leaders of color advancing the health and well-being of their communities, tune in each month to hear Nigel and Winston interview a diverse mix of inspiring individuals hustling nonstop to make healthcare better for all. So what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Healthcare Hustle Podcast. Today, we are joined by Quantum Laboratory, an exclusively 100% Black-owned certified clinical laboratory based in St. Louis, bringing the most advanced diagnostic testing to underserved communities across the U.S. Representing Quantum today is Jason Griffin, president of Quantum Laboratory, and Sylvester Williams, current defensive tackle for the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl champion, and CEO and founder of Quantum Laboratory. Sylvester and Jason, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, Winston, man. I appreciate you having us and, and very excited for the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. And I just I just gotta say, you know, um real excited uh for this episode. And um just just gonna pause. Sylvester, I think there's uh, some audience in there, excuse me, audio in the background. You think you can mute? Yeah, hold on one second. Yeah, it's all good. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to send Sylvester away. <laughs> <laughs> no man it's my son man my son okay. he go, he, 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 I'm gonna tell you right now he go crazy out there man if I left. <laughs> it's all good it's all good but um you know like I was saying I'm just I'm super excited for the show because you know again Nigel and I really started this to highlight you know all the different you know leaders of color but particular focus on black leaders of color uh excuse me black leaders in St. Louis in the health you know and wellness you know industry that are doing things that are actually touching the community and I think you know I don't know about you, Nigel, for myself, still being an early careerist in the formal role to know that there is the Sylvester Williams out there or the Jason Griffin out there um, in a place like St. Louis that have a black owned company um, in its own very unique space in terms of, you know, healthcare. It's not necessarily patient, you know, focused, but to know that there are people out here like yourselves that are actually using your platform, using your capital to do something um, and trying to disrupt the industry from the outside is really encouraging. So just for everybody who's listening to this, um, I hope that you, you have a lot to take away. But with that, you know, I'll just say that to kick us off. Yeah, no, uh, listen, I, I believe that, uh, you know, what we're doing is very unique. You know, like I said, we've been one of very few 100% Black-owned laboratories in the world. The only athlete-owned laboratory in, in, in the world, and, and obviously only one in Missouri as well. So, you know, being in this space, being very unique, and, you know, covering as much ground as we've been covering. It's exciting, man. And I think it's it's a testament to the hard work that, you know, uh, myself and Jason has put in. And, and like I said, from day one, it's been me and him from the beginning. And and we worked hard, you know, and continue to work hard every day. This is a daily grind. I was an NFL athlete for four months during the season, getting COVID tested every day, you know. And after practice, you know, I was getting back home and I was on the phone with Jason, man. We was grinding away, you know, looking for new opportunities, looking for different ways to continue our growth and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, to be in the presence of, you know, uh, uh, two individuals that look just like us, you know, uh, continuing down the same path, you know, uh, soon to be entrepreneurs yourself, you know what I'm saying? It's exciting, man. And I think if we all stick together and, and continue to support and motivate each other, we could go very far versus trying to do everything separately and, and 
well, you do this and you do this. No, we all come together and collaborate. Rather, we, it's always a way you can collaborate with people that want to do good business and people that want to do the right thing and people that care about the youth. There's always ways to collaborate, and I feel like if we do that, you know, we can make growth. So quantum is, a, is an opportunity for us to be able to get back to our community, be able to get back to the city of St. Louis. And I think, you know, um, in the coming future, that uh, St. Louis is going to see like this is a, 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 a growth point for our city. And I do believe that, you know, because of how unique we are, because of uh, the lives we got the ability to touch, because of the uh, ground we got the ability to cover. You know, you look at the um, state of North Carolina and, 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 and the large laboratory they got out there. And they city and state was changed forever because of that laboratory, you know, and I believe we got the opportunity to do something very similar in St. Louis, Missouri. And that's what we honestly look forward to doing. So Sylvester, I think we'd love to hear a little bit more of the the story of, of how this started. You know, I know you're you're from the St. Louis area. You you had a career in the NFL after grinding your way through community college and UNC. How did the idea to to take that capital and that that grind that you learned through all that and apply to that laboratory? How did that come around? Well, you know, man, honestly, man, about, I would say about two years ago, me and Jason was in St. Louis, and we had been in business at this point for about two years. And, you know, we was in St. Louis, and we was connecting with different individuals and just really overall just trying to find ways we can come in and really help the city of St. Louis and, and really, you know, grow the city economically and, you know, and try to add value. And, and uh, we stumbled upon the laboratory business. And then once we learned, you know, the impact that it had on, the drug rehabilitation industry, because that's something I'm very passionate about. You know, my mother and father, you know, struggled with drug addiction, you know. So once we learned the impact that, you know, um, that the uh, um, the diagnostic testing side had on the rehabilitation center, it was like, man, and that's what led us into starting off with the toxicology um, drug testing as our number one test when we started out. That's kind of the test that we opened up with. And it was a direct connection to, you know, obviously my passion for the drug industry, the drug treatment industry, and, you know, having my parents have those struggles, you know, early on in my life, it kind of led us into, you know, the toxicology, which is urine drug testing. And so we, that's why we started there. And then we kind of, you know, grew out um, uh, testing modalities from there. Mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's an excellent question, uh, Nigel. Normally, Anybody we tell about the lab, the first question is, how does an athlete still play football? Like, how do you get into that? Like, what, what would the motivation for that be? Um, it, it couldn't have been a money situation. So, like, what's going on here? Um, and so, a lot of it, like Sylvester said, we, we definitely had some businesses with real estate, um, the trucking business, some logistics, and, and some home health care. Uh, but Sylvester has a unique opportunity. He was blessed to be an NFL athlete and has a lot of resources to be in a position to make a difference. So it was about thinking far outside of the box. We've got some mentors ourselves, some uh, people who we kind of lean on. Let's and the the goal was to establish a business where you didn't see anybody like us that we could actually also do something impactful. Uh, and as you guys learn more about Sylvester, for him, uh, just in his background, obviously you guys have read, it, it's about how can I give back? What can I do? How can somebody, how can I help possibly put somebody on a sort of path? And I'm wondering how can I just help somebody be successful and, and achieve their dreams like I did? Um, so when the lab uh, the industry was introduced to us, we knew absolutely nothing like the Quest LabCorp, you know, do a drug test or whatever. And that's really, that's all we knew about it. We didn't really understand the impact on the community. 
uh, he mentioned the uh, say the the drug testing and how accurate and efficient and, and speedy drug testing is essential for the drug treatment and drug addiction industry. But there are also other uh, ways that we learned that a laboratory can be extremely impactful. And one of those is one of the major pushes is uh, the genetic testing that uh, we, we do. And so what happens is uh, there, uh, these tests can determine your susceptibility to various diseases well before they start to affect you well before you need to start going to your doctor and saying, hey, what's going on? You know, these tests, the, the, the information that comes from these tests is available from the day you're born, basically. And so, but within our community, like many other things, uh, we're the last to know, we're the last to receive the advances. If you're black, you're far less likely to be, uh, for, to have your healthcare provider refer uh, genetic testing to you, despite most insurance is covering these sorts of tests. So that was the other thing we said, well, you know, we can also use uh, this laboratory as a platform to educate some of these doctors and just individuals to, to tell their doctors what sort of tests. And so it, there are several ways we can directly impact our community through diagnostics. And once we understood that and upon learning that there aren't any other, really very few if any other blacks in this space, it was kind of a win-win for us. And that's, so it was a, we, Sylvester is in a position where all sorts of different businesses he can launch. It was more of uh, um, what kind of business. And it was all about a space where you don't see us, which also opens up lots of government contracting opportunities. Um, and then a space where uh, we can make a difference in our community. And then also hope, hope inspire others who look like us to get into a space like this and inspire uh, a, a future, you know, chemists and scientists who can do this diagnostic testing. Um, so that's, those are some of the, those are the reasons that we got into this. We're very excited to be here. Um, and we think also will inspire others like Sylvester who have these resources to maybe think a little bit outside of that box and we're talking about ways that we can impact our community. Uh, there are lots of other industries that you don't see. I'm a product of North St. Louis. Um, I love North St. Louis. I always will. I'm very passionate about the community, but there's just not a lot of business in our community. And, you know, I think that starts with, that changes with people like you all, uh, two young individuals that are far ahead of where I was at when I was you all age. So congrats to that. And people like me and Sylvester that are saying, you know, let's, let's think outside the box. Let's, let's create industry in areas that you don't see us in and let's bring them to our communities as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's crazy because, you know, uh, so Nigel and I represent NASI, National Association of Health Service Executives. So kind of, you know, a leading organization for representing, you know, Black healthcare administrators um, in the industry. And, you know, for me, in, in, from that context, just knowing that, you know, in a place like St. Louis, where there are, you know, a lot of, you know, racial inequities in healthcare, to know that there is this kind of unicorn uh, of black owned, you know, business, um, you know, uh, athlete owned business that is focusing on this. It's just, it's amazing. And so can you all talk, you know, a little bit more just about your perspective of, you know, North, you know, city, North County, North St. Louis, and, uh, you know, the healthcare related to that region, you know, because I think a lot of times for folks who may be listening, who, you know, aren't, you know, directly in the city, it can be hard to kind of get a picture of the services that are really needed um, in the areas that you all come from and represent. Mm -hmm. 
So you, you kind of just ask them like the overall kind of like, uh, I guess, temperature of, of, of health care in the state. And your, your experience, you know, growing up, you know, you know, as kids, you know, as, right. you know, black men, you know, in, in, in the city, in those parts, you know, of St. Louis, you know, like, how was it, you know, was healthcare as accessible? Did you all have, you know, a good relation, you know, ship with the institutions? Did you see representation, you know, at that point? You know, what, what, what was it for you? I mean, I would say like I had parents that put me in position to be able to get the health care that I needed, um, but that doesn't represent the majority of people that I grew up with in North St. Louis City, of course. Um, I don't see, and even now, you know, there are, obviously there's efforts by the FQHCs um, to, to provide care, even they're limited in, in the sort of the quality of care that they're able to offer, that continues to be an issue in our community. I, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm totally an advocate for healthcare. It should just not be one of those things that you need to be able to afford. Um, which also, by the way, just our lab, just want to make anybody listening know, we would never ever send any of our body to collections. We are here to service our community. Like we go after the, the low end healthcare providers. Uh, should somebody not be able to afford our services is absolutely wrote off and never charge a person. So um, well, the last thing we're going to do is be another financial barrier to somebody receiving a, a quality care. Because I think that's one of the things just because we're in a system where it's a the finances determine the level of care you receive. I mean, we grew up in the ghetto. So all around us, there are people getting a lower uh, quality of care. Um, and not just in the facilities being available, but I mean, the educational component as well, um, which is another thing like the genetic testing, as we talked about, you know, um, if you know better, you do better. So maybe, you know, now you know, hey, I've got a 70% chance of developing this cancer. I'm gonna now I'm educated a little bit better maybe I can make some healthier decisions. Maybe I can eat differently. Um, so I would say just all of those things in the community um, lead to, uh, I guess, you know, the underserved, not, not getting the sort of um, health care that, that's necessary. I mean, it even goes into our grocery stores, not having this healthier food options, which, you know, is, it, it's ridiculous. People want to eat healthy, uh, but when those options don't exist, um, there are no, the, none of the, I would say in St. Louis City, we don't have, now I think we've got St. Louis University Hospital. Um, and there's, there's always been, of course, there's the, the, the BJC system, of course. But, you know, despite this incredible system being right here, it's like, I think the, the people that should be taking advantage of it most are the ones oftentimes being left out of it the most. And I think that's, that's the, the case in St. Louis. Um, and just as we enter this space, lab space, uh, you, not seeing African-Americans in a space like this and then in the city where you just don't have a lot of that happening, even we're met kind of with hesitation, like, ah, something, e even by some who kind of look like us. And I think it's, I think it just comes as a result of just uh, the novelty of it. Like we don't see black labs, it, it, you know, I can't, you know, it's difficult to, it's not a business where you want really want to be taking chances, you know, mm, you, right. you, need to, it, you can't. And so you can't fault anybody for that. So I understand, like I was telling 
we have to, like any other startup business, we need to crawl before we walk and we'll win that trust of the community. Um, but so those, those challenges it, it exist in that way. But I think just overall, there are always, I won't say always, but there are many challenges that affect our community healthcare wise. And we think we can be a beacon for change in that um, through our laboratory. It's, it's an interesting thing uh, you said, um, and sorry, Nigel, let me hog the questions, but just, you know, Jason, you touched on, you know, building that trust as a startup, but mm -hmm. it's so funny because many healthcare institutions are now talking about building the trust within the community. So mm -hmm. it really is kind of a bi-directional, you know, relationship if you really think right. about it. It's right. like, yes, you want, you know, to build trust with us, you know, from the patient perspective, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, if we have an organization such as Quantum Labs, it's like, you know, you also need to trust us. Um, you know, Sylvester, right. I'm curious, you know, for you on your side, you know, you kind of mentioned, um, and, and not if it's too triggering, but you mentioned, you know, your parents, you know, um, struggle with addiction. And, you know, how was the healthcare services that they received, you know, growing up? Do you remember them, you know, receiving adequate services? Did you feel like it was, you know, meeting their needs? Um, I was raised by my father. And I would say that my father was a you know, and this is just a statement of his toughness and the kind of way he went about life because he wasn't real big on, like in my entire life, my entire childhood, I only went to the doctor when I needed shots to go to school. Mm. Outside of that, I didn't go to the doctor, I didn't go to the dinner. That just wasn't something that my father necessarily had the resources to, to provide for us. So it was kind of one of those things that was non-existent in our life and, you know, me understanding kind of my father left this, this world early, you know, in his early 50s. And I felt like that was way too soon, you know, to pass away. And him himself, he had health care struggles. You know, he, he struggled from a kidney failure and a high blood pressure as well as heart issues. So a mixture of all that, you know, I felt like I do feel like my father himself could have lived longer with, you know, proper health care and, and, and things like that. And it's something that is really touching to me, you know, individually, because me, myself, I'm always kind of hesitant about making sure that my own health is intact and making sure that, you know, my blood pressure is not high. Make sure that I drink water and that I stay active because I don't want to be in a position to say, and I also, you know, as being an NFL athlete, you know, we get multiple physicals a year. So I never want to be in a position to say, to make sure, I always try to make sure that my kids and, and my child, uh, uh, mothers are always, you know, making sure they go to the doctor, making sure they stay on top of the health, because I know, understand it, like Jason spoke on earlier, it's better to catch it, you know, sooner than later. It's all, it happens way too often when somebody has an issue and when they catch it, it's too late. Now you fight an uphill battle where, you know, we can catch some early on, which is why I feel like the genetic test is so important because if you know you got something, you know, you catch it earlier in your life, then you can live a long, prosperous life you know, even with certain conditions that you may run into. And, and and so me growing up, not having any of this information that I have now, it's just like, I wish that everybody would be, you know, come in and understand like the different opportunity that you got to further your health because nothing else in, ma in life matters without, you know, good health. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but if you unhealthy, you know, health is more important than anything else in your life. It's important that you be there for your kids. It's important that your kids are able to grow up and, and, and live a long life and live a healthy life. So that's why it's so important for us to come in and, and take health very seriously. And then also to make healthcare accessible for everybody. Definitely, definitely. And uh, kind of to Winston's earlier question, Sylvester, I, I think it would be really interesting for people to hear how that 
access to healthcare and how that experience changed for you as you move from St. Louis to across these countries and kind of moving up into different socioeconomic statuses. What what was that like for you in terms of seeing this this growth and access to care and doctors and physicians and treatments and, and just kind of talk about that a little bit? I mean, for me, it was growing up in St. Louis, obviously, you know, St. Louis and then the, the four years I picked in Jefferson City, again, like I said, healthcare was non-existent because of the obviously because of my, you know, situation, you know, and my, 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 my economic situation. And then also by the time I got to college at the University of North Carolina and in the NFL, I mean, I had access to anything that I needed, you know, to get done. It was as if, you know, you, I mean, you talking about growing up and we just speak to, you know, going to the dentist, for instance, which is people don't understand how important that is, you know, but just going to the dentist, I may have went to the dentist my entire life as a kid, maybe twice. And here I am for the last 10 years, I, you know, I go every six months, you know, and or I am never in my life got a physical outside of the time I went to get it to play football my senior year. And, you know, here I am getting a physical now twice a year. So it's like, I got the opportunity now to, if I run into an issue, if I run into a health issue, I'm able to be on top of it. If I run, if I have an injury, it's, it's as far as the health credit I need, I got access to anything that I need because of my financial situation and because of my career, you know, and also my kids have that same opportunity, you know, and which is a blessing and, and in so many ways, because like I said, my father left the world early, his father left uh, in his forties. I had an uncle that left this world early, you know, way earlier than they were supposed to all do the health issue. So it's like, that's something that I'm passionate about because for me it's genetics, you know, and it may be a chance that I could have, you know, high blood pressure or, you know, one of those issues that my father, his father and his brother suffer from. So it's about, for me, it's about staying on top of it. And, you know, more than, most importantly, a big, another big thing in healthcare is, you know, also staying active, man. And like I said, us as parents, keeping our kids, you know, active, keeping them, you know, in, involved in something, you know, and, and also taking him to the doctor. There's no reason that a kid should ever, whether he's healthy or not, ever not go to the doctor at least once a year. You know, even if it's just for, hey, listen, do a full checkup with my child. And there's no reason, you know, especially since Medicare and Medicaid is paying for it, that everybody shouldn't have a, a genetic test done on them. Right. I wanted to um, ask, and oh, I'm sorry, Nigel, you have, you have, a, you have a follow-up? Uh, no, I didn't. Go ahead. So I just, you know, it, one thing that we mentioned, um, you know, and, and that Jason mentioned was just kind of the difficulty um, that you all have had kind of, you know, being a Black-owned business. It's very novel, very nuanced, never been, you know, really seen before. Um, so I wanted to see, you know, if you all could speak on that a little bit more, because I think that, you know, we're all kind of sitting here talking about, you know, our different experiences and our perspectives and how they've kind of informed our, or how, you know, your experiences have informed your outlook, you know, on healthcare and what y'all are doing, but really what have been some of the challenges? Because I think that inside big complex organizations as individuals, we face our own ch challenges of being black healthcare professionals. So I can only imagine as entrepreneurs that are not, you know, technically, you know, healthcare wants or anything, trying to get into the industry can be, you know, uh, challenging as well. So just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. No, for sure. One of the things, and we kind of laugh about it. We talked about this not long ago. It's uh, when we when we introduce ourselves, we're the owners of Quantum Lab. Uh, Sylvester's the owner. I'm the president. 
a lot of times they're looking, okay, well, well, who are the people that are in charge? You know, you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, I can't tell you how many times, like I, I tell everybody, like right now, if, as in many startups, I wear many hats. Uh, and so if I'm dealing with, say, uh, maybe somebody to deal with something financial, despite me introducing myself as the person to talk to, um, well, this may be a call for your financial guy, or this may be a call. So it's it's when you talk about, we already deal with not being taken seriously enough a lot of times because of the judgments. I think in this, I think in this lab business, being black, I think that's even tenfold because they really don't see it. It's almost like, okay, what's the catch? And then Sylvester's an athlete, so well, everybody loves and respects him. Okay, there's no way an athlete is really involved in a lab like this. So again, wh where's the catch? One, so one of the challenges I think is being taken seriously. I think there are many industries where blacks have been in for quite some time, and while we never get the proper respect we deserve, I think uh, w uh, there are some industries where you're taking a lot more serious. This is, I think, uh, like I said before, I think that even hurts us with even members of our own community. Uh, because of a, a, a nervousness to trust a business in this field um, when we've never seen any others that look like that. So, I, you know, I, that part is, is definitely there. Um, that has been some of our challenge. I think um, getting through that is only, is, 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 it makes us better. You know, every, every startup has our unique challenges proving that we're capable, you know, in the lab business, you can't get these the certifications to do the work if you haven't proved and shown that you have what's necessary to do it. So right. like if a person's a clear certified lab, they can run the specimens accurately. Um, but it's just that 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 feel, that getting over that, that, that trust factor. Um, I think some others are waiting on others to see what we do first. There are some that definitely want to do business with us but they're waiting on, well, let me see if they do this first. Let me see if they do that first. So there's not a lot of benefit of the doubt given, if you will. I would say, and again, it makes us stronger, but we don't get that so much. It's been really a fight to earn the business. It's been really, you know, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, going back multiple times, you know, challenging people, you know, to, to, to why not us, what's different, about us then, you know, this, you know, th th this business where nobody looks like us and they don't contribute anything to our community. Um, getting that out there. And I don't think there's anything other than just the, the time, hard work and perseverance uh, to, to overcome that challenge. Mm. Mm. I was just gonna ask if there, I know that's something that I, I've struggled with even as a, as a black young leader in an established organization. I, I can't speak mm -hmm. for Winston, but I can guarantee he's been through the same thing. Mm -hmm. how, how have you two specifically overcome that, that challenge? Because I think that's something that's so key for our listeners and for any young black aspiring leaders out there to hear from established people such as yourselves. Yes, yeah, so, um, so it's never gonna go anywhere. That challenge will be here. I, I was, you know, definitely you guys, a young guy um, in corporate America, uh, are dealing with that. So it's it, so it boils down then to the mentality, right? Is it gonna stop me from doing what I'm trying to do? Is is the fact that because I'm black, 
I'm not going to be taken as seriously. I'm probably going to be overlooked. Is that going to stop me from what I'm trying to accomplish? And so what I would tell anybody is the answer has to be absolutely not. Like you let that be the, let that be the uh, fuel that drives you because they don't believe. I think that's one of the greatest advantages of being a black person in this country. I, I really do. While the, one of the things that kind of, that it, it's not to our advantage, but it, it makes us stronger. And so it's a mentality. Sylvester, like I said, I'm blessed to, to be in the presence of Sylvester, somebody who absolutely ha it knows firsthand that belief will, will take you from here to there. If we, if we focus on how do you kind of change that mentality, well, now it's not in our control. Now we're waiting on somebody to to do something for us. And that would be great, but we just have to, uh, the, the biggest thing is I would tell anybody, don't let that adversity stop you. That's exactly what it's meant to do, slow you down, convince you you won't be able to do this. So Vester has no belief in that whatsoever. He believes he can take over the world. He instills that in everybody he's around. Uh, he's living example of it. And so uh, I think that's how we overcome. So, yeah, we're dealing with this, but we smile about it. And we talk about how we'll be laughing about this, that challenge. They didn't give us a chance. You could tell they didn't take us seriously. We'll laugh about it down the road. Just means we got to keep on pounding and working hard at it. There's no, so I would say that's the way, the mentality. It's just the mentality. We're going to have those challenges. Uh, do you have the mentality to overcome by continuing to persevere and work hard towards what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, man, and, and you know, to piggyback off what Jason said, I just look at it as, you know, and I always, me and Jason talk about this, if it's worth having, it's not gonna be easy to get. You know, I went from, I, I was kicked out of high school my sophomore year, I barely graduated high school. And four years after that, I was the first round draft pick in the NFL. And in between that time, from being kicked out to becoming a first-round draft pick, I, I had people that told me I had, when I graduated high school, I got a job at a factory. And when I went to tell people, man, I'm going to quit this job and I'm going to go back to school, I had people telling me, why would you do that? Uh, you got a decent job. Why would you quit that job? And I'm like, man, and I went for what I believed in. And I knew that my hard work and the dedication that I had and the effort that I was going to put forth was going to outweigh any doubt or any anything, any doubt or anything else that came on with it from anybody else. So when I took the approach to say, okay, I'm going to go to school, I walked on to a junior college in Kansas, and every day of my life was dedicated to what I wanted to achieve, which was to attend a Division One school on a scholarship. I remember when I was literally in my computer, when I was in my junior college days, I was sending out emails pretty much begging college coaches to just take a look at me. You know, it was early on. I said, because it was early on in the process and I was I was working hard every day, three times a day. And I'm like, man, it ain't paying off right now. I, I don't, let me start looking, reaching out to these coaches. I started reaching out to the coaches, no responses. And then, you know, my hard work, I put it on the field and produced. And, you know, after that year, everybody in the country won. And so the tables immediately got turned. So I feel like it's the same thing. And, you know, building quantum. Of course, we look at go to somebody and they say, dog, I don't do that. And what we say is, well, why not? You know, because we know we can do it. And we know we, like me and Jason, for the last, you know, two years, we've been grinding away at this, man, making sure that everything is perfect, not leaving 
no stone unturned, not leaving anything undone. We do everything by the book, we do everything the right way. We surround ourselves with the right people. And then we go out and make the connection. And of course, some people have said, well, we gonna do this and they've not done it. Or some people have said, well, no, nah, we just not interested. And it's been some people that's just been all for us and just haven't been able to help us. So you run into different obstacles, obstacles along the journey, but that's what's at the end of the day, that's what's gonna make it all worth it. When you do see, you know, the fruits of your labor pay off and then you able to return, come back and say, give back to your community, come back and, and, and show growth in your community and, and do the certain things in the community that ultimately that we wanna do behind, you know, quantum. You know, we wanna be able to go out and do this and do that. And those days are coming, we know it's coming. And of course, yes, it's obstacles, but I ran, I've been running obstacles my whole life. And there ain't been an obstacle that I ran into that I ain't jumped over and kept going. And I feel the same way about quantum. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, cause one of the things um, that both of you all said, and thank you for sharing, um, is, you know, you could have chosen any business, any any kind of thing to get into. And we see, you know, uh, players from the league, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll do that, you know, invest a lot. So what is the, I'm just curious, you know, you know, Sylvester, for you, what's the perception or, 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 or what is the conversation like trying to get other guys kind of, you know, on board with doing things that are, you know, more so focused towards impacting our community. You know, a lot of guys are doing a lot of different things, but what does that conversation look like? And was, is this a passion, Sylvester, that you, you always had, you know, growing up? Did you know that, you know, at whatever point, you know, when you realize like, okay, I'm gonna make it to the league, like I'm actually do this thing. Did you know, like, hey, from the jump, I wanna, I wanna make impact in my community or was this something that just based on the life experience and you become a little wiser over time, you kind of started getting interested in? Um, I would say, well, to answer your first question, as far as guys in the NFL, kind of, I would say, man, it's it's some some guys in the NFL, man. I'm gonna say they're doing some incredible things, man. And obviously, probably not nothing as unique as what we've done, but there's some guys that are doing some incredible things. And you know, I had conversations all the time, man. You know, with with, with my peers and, and you know, and about you know what I got going, and they all excited about it. And you know, they man, that's crazy, man. And they they had a kind of the same mentality, like wow. And a lot of them ask questions like, wait, so, you know, ask questions about the laboratory energy because again, for us, it was LabCorn Quest and, you know, we never knew the behind the scenes thing. So when I'm kind of discussing some of the, I'm like, man, wow, that's crazy, man. So I think that obviously it's a part of, you know, okay, once they see me succeed in what I'm doing, then a lot of other guys start to jump on board and say, oh man, wow wow, man, like I can do something different and impact my community versus say, okay, I started a foundation, which is all great things of getting the real estate or, you know, open a, a, a clothing store, you know, start a pot. It's uh, so many great things you can do, you know, but obviously get into a new, unique industry and then show change. I feel like once we able to produce and, 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 and show what we can do through quantum. I think a lot of people, man, need to open eyes up of a lot of athletes. And I think that'd be uh, tremendous for these underserved communities because, I mean, most of the African-Americans in the NFL come from underserved communities. And that's just a reality because athletics is our way out. You know, and, and just as far as it being my path, it's absolutely been my passion to, to, to get back to my community. Since the day I, I got drafted and I, I mean, no, not, I mean, really way before then, just, I mean, just being a young kid, man, I was always the type of kid that 
you know, everybody on my block, whatever they needed. If, if you know, the older lady down the street from me needed her grass cut, I was down the street cutting her grass. Or if she needed a snow shovel, I was shoving her snow. Or if, you know, the guy up the street needed the groceries carried off, the dude at the grocery store, they wanted me to help him push the buggies. Like I've always been a giver. I've never been a type of person to say, I'm always gonna take, 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 and never been willing to give. So once I became, you know, a professional athlete and got in that position, once I became a first round draft pick, the love and the support that I got from everybody around me, I instantly wanted to give back. I wanted to say, I mean, I, you know, wanted to find ways I can give back. I've been a part of so many opportunities and so many, you know, uh, situations where I, I've given back. I don't want nothing in return. I want no. I don't want no publicity. Like this is just from my heart. You know, this is not about you know me getting all the credit. This is about seeing the little kids excited to say, "Oh my God, Sylvester Williams is here!" Like that to me. When I walk up to a situation, or I go to a school, or, I'm, or I go to a football game, or a youth football game, or youth band, and everybody, oh my God, it's Sylvester. And I, in reality, they excited to see me, and I'm excited to see them. Like, I'm a fan of them, just as big as they're a fan of me. I'm a fan of y'all, man, go out there and do your thing because that's what I like to see. Because at, at the end of the day, I gotta, I'm gotta. i going about my life and it's gonna be all about y'all. So I'm I'm doing the best I can to change the world for y'all. And then you guys come along and then you do a little bit better to change the world behind y'all. And that's how we uh, catch up, you know, continue to catch up and continue to grow as generations because it's not about me. It's about the generation underneath me. And then once they get in my position, it's about them reaching back and bringing that generation up. And I feel like if we continue to do that, but it start with the people that's in position now. I'm someone who's in position. So I go out here and I create quantum and I show people how you do good, clean business. You go about it the right way and you take this business and you say, okay, in return, you give back to your community and you motivate the younger generation. You motivate the people around you to say, okay, listen, it can be done. If you put everything you got into it, you do the right thing and, and, and you know, you listen. And like I said, I'm a big listener. If somebody tell me something, I'm, I'm all ears because I know for a fact that I can learn something from you by listening. I can't learn something from you by talking. And that's just how I go about life, man. And that's why I feel like quantum is a great opportunity for us to show that you can be multi-talented. Me, I'm a professional athlete still to this day. I get up every morning, I go work out. Every morning I get up, I go train, work out, I come home. And I get to work on trying to figure out ways to continue to make quantum successful. So just to, to kind of add on to what Sylvester was saying, um, I think the saying is like money, <clears throat> money doesn't change who you are, it really exposes who you are. And Sylvester is absolutely a testament to that. Sylvester was trying to give people and do for people before he had a dime. And so when he got into this position, I think it just, it, 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 it's just, he can do more. And so that's, that's who he is. Um, very much so, even in the, when we talk about the lab, so vested, it's not so much of, oh, well, our lab can expand and, and this much money can be made. It's not through this. Oh, we can probably have uh, students in SLPS interning in our lab. Well, we could, maybe we could use the lab to, and this much of the profits to go to this. I've, I've watched Sylvester walk into schools and donate when nobody thought a donation was coming. Uh, nobody is asking for anything. Um, it, this is, this is who Sylvester is. Um, so that Sylvester being the, the CEO of the company, that's the mentality that runs through our company and everybody involved in it. 
Uh, and so I'm just, again, very, very proud. I just want to kind of, for those who have, and there are lots of Sylvester's out there that, that, that really are. I think, um, I think Sylvester is one, lucky to have the resources, but also be around people that, that <clears throat> can help him achieve the sorts of things that he's trying to achieve. I do think that's one of the, maybe one of the, you mentioned the conversation with some of the other guys out there. I mean, you know, in our community, you don't always have people that, that have the knowledge. You have the wants, but just not the know. And so I think if more guys like Sylvester were kind of put into the know, you'd see a lot more of these guys doing sincere, authentic um, things like what Sylvester is doing. You have a lot of guys donating and giving money towards things, but they don't know exactly what it's going to. Maybe they're passionate about it. Maybe it winds up in that community. Maybe it doesn't. Um, and so, you know, but it's, 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 it's normally a matter of knowing. Um, and uh, again, hopefully Sylvester can help inspire and drive, drive more of hymns doing uh, these sorts of things. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think something else that would be really interesting just to hear from y'all's perspective, you know, you, you started this lab a couple years ago. Um, don't know if you know this, but there was a little pandemic over the course of the, the last year. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us a little bit about the leadership challenges and not only starting a startup of a first black owned laboratory in North St. Louis, but also having to navigate this global pandemic. I think that would be great information for people to hear. Yeah, so when we when we organized in October, there was no pandemic yet. Um, and right when we October of 2019, I'm sorry. And then when we really started to get into the thick of it, like right when we were about to start, you know, start spinning the wheels, COVID hit. So what March that is we got our location in March, maybe February last year. So that's it. And I mean, immediately, like, there's COVID. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, like no. I guess we could have been a restaurant or something else if it really got hit hard. And it's like, well, at the same time, we we are, you know, we do diagnostic testing, pandemic or not, that's not going to go anywhere. But there were definitely challenges. And so one of the, uh, one of the biggest challenges is in our industry, you need to get into the, the office and talk to people. You need to meet people. You know, and so yeah, that has definitely been a challenge. I think we're still hurting from that right now. Like, we can't wait to, uh, we talked about, I can't wait to go knock on some doors and show up with Sylvester and say, hey, we're, we're Black-owned lab, we want to, but so that, that's not been there um, as of right now. Just like anything, the adjustments that, because at first, like, oh, nobody's going to want to do business, nobody's going to want to do anything. Uh, but again, rolling with the punch of COVID, you know, making the necessary adjustments, we Zoom every day. You know, we, we um, make sure that our staff is on top of things to, to be as safe as possible at all ways to make sure we don't have that. We don't run into that hiccup of one of our people uh, developing COVID. Um, but so it, it hasn't slowed us down nearly as much as other industries. I would say in business growth, yes, getting ourselves set up to position ourselves this way, not so much. Um, and we're still, we actually... We actually just, uh, through COVID, uh, was one of the first really good examples that me and Sylvester were able to see in this healthcare space of the disparities. Immediately, no one in our community could be tested. 
It was like, what is what is going on here? And you know, you guys went to school for this. You guys understand. You you spent your lives around it. But a lot of times, if you're not in this, there's so many things that just really do fly over your head. And in our community, we're not, you know, we're, we don't, there's not nearly as much healthcare. So a lot of just everything happening in this industry flies over your head. So uh, we immediately, again, when, we, when we're seeing people not being able to get tests, not getting results and, and, and so forth, uh, we're like, what can we do? And we realized that we were able to um, do the COVID testing and any COVID test not laboratory does, because we're a clear certified lab, we can be reimbursed uh, from the CARES Act and not an expensive individual. So upon learning that, immediately we set up to do a few COVID events. We went directly to the heart of the city, um, Kings Highway and, um, and, and Page. Uh, and did a, I think that's, a, if not Page, my with the, the Urban League is, we did a, we did a free a rapid COVID testing event for the community. Um, that this is one of the events where you get your result in 15 minutes as opposed to having to wait the three or four days. Our idea was, hey, you know, somebody knows, a, well, a rapid's not exact. It's not as accurate. Still, if it comes back positive, you know, go self-quarantine, get away from people, go be safe until you can get the result back. So, you know, it gave us an opportunity to um, show the community, hey, we want to offer this option for none of the other healthcare providers at that time were doing a rapid in our community. You were seeing it in the in the county but again and that's what that's exactly what we want to be the opposite of oh they're not doing this in our community oh well because a lot of times people think there's no money to be made well okay well we don't want the money we want to help our community so uh we did that we we got a chance to do some events at a a college here in town at hbcu at that so that was awesome um so as far as the impact, it really gave us an opportunity to, to, to make ourselves known a little bit in St. Louis. They saw we immediately came and, and did COVID testing to the community for free. Um, and uh, so that that was there. It kind of helped put our name out. Now we actually do the, the full PCR COVID testing. So now it's the, the pandemic is representing the new business opportunity. Um, we we didn't originally set a, a outfit ourselves to do the COVID testing, but the reality of it is, this is something that's going to be around for at least another five or six years. Again, um, as I talked to you before, uh, possibly you know in St. Louis City, especially North City, uh, being an area that was impacted terribly, there was no one getting tested and so forth. Testing was hard to come by. Um, we want to be we want to position ourselves to help St. Louis prepare for that for the future. Um, by, you know, utilizing our lab um, to get 24-hour turnaround in these PCR tests or just it, 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 any sort of services that need to happen rapidly uh, that, that you don't see happening in our community. So it, so through COVID, we also learned about uh, various ways we can make ourselves better and help, help overall our people prepare for these sorts of circumstances, which, you know, we don't know are coming, but they're coming. Oh, absolutely. One thing that you <clears throat> that you mentioned, Jason, I think is, you know, just a good point to call out is, you know, for me, even being, you know, a, a black, you know, professional in the space, you know, mm -hmm. passionate about serving the community, thinking I'm doing a good job. You know, before COVID, I never really realized how much information actually is exclusive, right? You know, mm -hmm. like to the industry, if you don't work right. in these spaces, you have no idea. And even no. certain things that, you know, um, I don't know about, I don't know if it was like this for you, Nigel, but for me, I was taken for granted, quite frankly, um, initially in terms of just the general knowledge. Um, I can remember 
driving out in parts of, you know, West County, and I stay in U City, um, and there was relatively no COVID testing signs or anything around, you know, during the pandemic. I remember going uh, out to some parts of West County, and all I see is testing signs. Um, and I was shocked. It was just like on a random on a weekend, um, you know, during the first surge. I remember driving and saying, wow. So um, just to hear you all, you know, talk about, you know, actually being there, showing up, you know, in all these different spaces where our community is at um, is absolutely amazing. What is kind of, you know, um, the biggest, you know, grand vision, you know, for quantum, you all mentioned, you know, a lot of different ideas. Um, but I guess, you know, maybe in the next three to five years, you know, as we think about just the healthcare landscape, the continuing need, um, the business landscape here in St. Louis, really, what is the vision for you all? Um, one of the, we've talked about this in, a, in an ideal world, <clears throat> the, the FQHCs service so much of our community, so much of the, the underserved, a, across the country, all of them, um, for the most part, I mean, we, we've talked to a lot of them, I don't want to say all of them, a lot of them do business with Quest and LabCorp, which offers them the service that they need, but, but it ends there. Uh, I mentioned we mentioned genetic testing and, and some of the other sorts of tests that we would like to see our community, um, uh, you know, taking part in a lot more. It would be awesome, and we we're committed to this over the next three to five years. Quantum Laboratory being the the lab of choice for these the uh, major health institutions within that service our community the medicaid or no insurance heavy payers let us let us service you guys let us be your quest in lab core uh, a, um, a laboratory that is completely and totally invested and in, in dedicated to making sure your patients are getting the the very best diagnostic uh, tests and services um if if we're servicing the FQACs like that and just the other uh, the the major providers, I don't want to just limit to the FQACs. There's so many different as we're learning healthcare uh, uh, providers that are doing tremendous work in our communities. But we want to we want to service them. We want to be the the Black Quest and LabCorp. That's what we want to do because we're going to sincerely and and give it more of a it, uh, push more of an effort to to, to help develop change to uh, inspire healthier lifestyles. And if we're connected with them, we're reaching so much of our community, the underserved. Uh, and maybe introducing, so in our mind, Quantum Lab could be one of the biggest drivers of genetic testing within the underserved black community. You know, uh, that, that, that's one of the goals. Um, we, there's, I think I mentioned the, the government contracts. Um, these businesses, the, the, the huge question lab course do billions of dollars in government contracts, state, federal, every year. All of those contracts have a minority participation percentage in them. In this industry, it's not being met, not necessarily because they don't want to do business with them, but there are no minority-owned labs out there for them to do business with. So our opportunity is to not only us, but also, as I told you about inspiring, let's look at some of these let, uh, quantum lab has much bigger goals than just the laboratory space. This is a unique space and we can do incredible things here. But again, it can it can inspire others to do bigger things. But there are a lot of those, there are a lot of these government contracting opportunities um, uh, that have no no minority participation in. And so when I'm talking about a billion dollar industry, 
that if people just, it's one of those, if you build it, they will come situations. And so that's what we've done with Quantum Lab. We've built this and they're starting to come. Uh, there are certain business that you have to go after, the certain business is absolutely owed to you. Um, let us see more minority participation in federal contracts. And if Quantum Lab can show others how to do this, hey, we got in a space where there was none. Now, all we have to do is build this and say, okay, now give us what we're due. Like we have that opportunity as black business people. And so we don't have a lot of advantages, but that is one we have. Um, that is one of the, so in the future of Quantum Lab, it's that it's inspiring, much more comprehensive and effective uh, diagnostic testing in our community by working with the FQHCs and major providers of uh, health services in the community. And two, to uh, get our piece of the pop from the federal government Okay, to help us develop and help us do more for our communities and inspire others to do the same, whether it be in the lab space. Listen, we want we want a black lab competitive. That would be awesome. Okay, it is this does every diagnostic testing is on is at the forefront of almost everything that happens in medicine. Nothing happens without a diagnosis. So there is more than enough. And there are like what 35 million black people in this country. Every single one of them in need of diagnostic testing services at some point. So that's more than enough for there to be 30 more um, uh, Black-owned laboratories, minority-owned laboratories. So that's a part of the goal, too. Five years from now, not just Quantum Lab, but the five other Black-owned labs out here. That's a part of the goal. It's not about, it's, it's, it's not a greed thing. We don't believe in that at all. The more Black entrepreneurship and more black business that we can help inspire that's what quantum lab is all about and i think when you do something that's completely novel like that it helps others truly believe okay this is possible before that didn't seem possible now this is possible let's do this as well and and there really are a lot of opportunities for government contracting for minority businesses especially where you don't see businesses like that so those those are the goals um finally sylvester mentioned developing the school, there's something we would love to do one day, getting more interns, bringing more, like a, you work for WashU, um, like there are some incredible, incredible uh, students and individuals at, at WashU University. I, I work in the school, uh, high school myself. I don't know if you're familiar with young, uh, well, I don't know if I use his name, but one of my former students is, uh, he's a senior at WashU right now, and he contacted me on LinkedIn a few weeks back saying, hey, Mr. Griffin, can I work in your lab? And I'm like, listen, that is exactly what I would want to see happen sooner than later. You go finish your schooling and then come back and talk to me. So, you know, if we can be, there can be black labs all over the country that black people can feel comfortable that, hey, I know I can get a job with them. They look like me. They believe in what I'm trying to do. So that's that. That's a, those are the goals. I can go on and on about the goals. I hope I haven't been all over the place yeah. because that's uh that's kind of the long term vision there. No, I think those are all fantastic. Inspiring more black entrepreneurship, building a pipeline of of young black diverse healthcare leaders to serve in a different space. Um, I think those are all things that we can all aspire to. And, and so, you know, let's say I'm young, I'm listening to this. I want to grow up to be like Jason. I want to grow up to be like Sylvester. What's one piece of advice you guys would give? And I would say, if I can give, 
somebody some advice, I would say the number one thing I would be, I would say, man, is 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 hard work, and really, man, set a goal and go get it, you know, because I truly believe, and I, like I said, I'm a living testimony. I've set goals in my life, and I've been committed to going to go get them, and I've you know put everything forth and. And again, I've never been a person who's been afraid to touch hands. If I gotta go meet this person or, or shake the hand of this person, it's it's never. A lot of people think it's not ideal to to seek help in a particular goal, but it's a hundred percent okay to go out and ask for help. If you you're trying to stretch for a goal and you run into a wall, ask for help. Find somebody that's that's been there before. Find somebody that's in the industry or. Uh, dealing with what you're trying to get into, you know, seek help. But at the end of the day, it all it all starts and ends, man, with hard work, and I I truly believe that. Absolutely. Um, uh, the hard work piece is 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 where it all begins. Um, I would say just a few other pieces. Uh, Sylvester mentioned the plan. I'm a big believer in the plan. Write down your plan. Write down your goals. If I'm a young person. I definitely want to. Some of the most cliche, cliche sayings are, uh, you know, the, the the best facts of life find are, are right there in those. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the, the 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 reading piece is a big, huge part of it. Arming yourself with knowledge. I think you two are two individuals that understand when you're an educated young black man. Um, there's a a very good chance you have a lot of friends who don't have your same level of education. The guys that were just as smart as you, maybe even smarter sometimes, but didn't have the, the level of knowledge that you had because of your environment and your circumstances. Um, and one way to, uh, I, I told you I'm a coach, one, of the, one way to, to avoid that or to help with that is just by reading constantly. I would tell any young professional, you know, read a lot, uh, have a plan, uh, remain committed to it, uh, understand you are going to fail. And when those failures happen, that doesn't mean you are a failure. That means you failed at something. You know, do not lose that confidence. The belief is everything without the, I'm a, you know, again, uh, if you, uh, um, you got to believe it to achieve it. That's one of those cliches, but it's, it's as grounded in truth as anything out there. If you don't think about it, how hard did you work on something you didn't believe was going to happen? You're not going to put energy into it. You didn't think it's going to happen anyway. Okay. So it, it also, you believe it. That is without belief, that's nothing. So that's what I'm saying to, you know, uh, that that's how I got to where I'm at. Certainly where how Sylvester got to where he's at. I've dealt with all the, the, the challenges that a black man deals with in the society. Uh, I have been knocked down over and over and over again. I've had things that I felt like were unfair, nonstop. I expect it to happen a million more times, uh, but keep pushing and 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 believe uh, you'll be here. I think uh, no matter what job you're working, though, keep entrepreneurship in your spirit. Okay, okay. The only way to completely control your destiny in this country is to be in control of of, of your destiny. And so, when we work a job, and I know you guys both again, you, you young professionals doing amazing things. You remind me of myself 100%, except I wasn't quite as talented. But, um, you know, just uh, keep that entrepreneurship spirit there. As long as you have that job, you, you, somebody else is kind of in control of your destiny. You know, so keep work the job, but keep on the entrepreneurial spirit 
um, in, in your hearts and minds. And, and it's never too late to, to start mentoring. I think that's a big thing Sylvester is big on, for sure. Um, there's always somebody, I don't care if they're older than you, there's always somebody that can utilize your help somewhere along the line. When those people come across you, like Sylvester said, there's somebody that needs some help, Sylvester's the first one. We try to be the same way. All those things go into making you be successful because those you're going to need those same people at some point uh, to stand on their shoulders and accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. So, you know, keeping that positive attitude, hard work, and belief. Absolutely. And so, you know, uh, before we, we wrap up, we have, you know, one special section that we do with, you know, each one of our guests. Um, wh where can, you know, the folks find you all that, you know, uh, information on Quantum Labs, you know, if they want to connect, you know, with you all, just that kind of stuff. Any social media plugs? Yes. Uh, let's see here. We can be found on Facebook. Our website is www.quantumlabgroup.com. Uh, um, and we have, we're on LinkedIn. Again, we're on Facebook. We are at, our lab is actually located in Bridgeton, Missouri. Uh, we are looking to establish a satellite in North St. Louis City within the coming months. Um, we uh, can be reached by phone at 314-731-6525. Again, that's 314-731-6525. Um, Let's see here. So yeah, it, reach out to us that way. We can be, we can be reached directly through the website. Um, I don't know if, uh, if I, the, the our email addresses can be found that way, but we and we're very much looking to connect with people. Connect whether you can do business with us or not. Um, if you are in the healthcare industry and you're excited about what we're doing, uh, believe in what we're doing, we would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Nigel says that. I think we're ready. All right. Well, so as Winston mentioned, we have one last section. We went over a lot of deep, good stuff for people today. And so we like to finish it up with something a little lighter. Going to hit you with three rapid fire questions. Um, just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, are you guys ready? Yeah. Sylvester, you can handle that part. <laughs> oh no, yeah, Jason, you're not getting out of this. Oh man, I'm, re I'm ready. Go ahead, boss. All right, first one. What was your first job? Backyard burger. Jason. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna find oh skate king. Skate King, a wonderful uh, skating rink, uh Station Road, Natural Bridge, North St. Louis City, right on the edge of North St. Louis City, Skate King. <laughs> I, I was flipping burgers. Uh, me too. I was at McDonald's. What is your most used emoji? The 100 emoji. <laughs> the, the crying, laughing. Things crack me up. Got to have a light spirit about things. Yeah. Last one. This actually ties into what you were just talking about. What are you reading currently? Man, what is the name of this book? I just I just started a new... Uh, I saw... I do audio books because it is it's so challenging to get the reading in sometimes with my schedule. So um, if I'm driving or my favorite thing to do, video games, when I'm playing my video games late at night before I go to bed, I got my headphones in one ear and the speaker playing the audio book in the, in the other ear. Listen, I'm telling you, it's a, if you play video games, it's a great time to get your reading in when uh, listening to an audio book. Um, this book that I just actually started today 
however, is titled uh, My Life in Advertising by Claude Hopkins. This is wrote like back in the, the 30s or so. It's supposed to be incredible. One of those time ageless books about advertising. Um, that everything that applied 100 years ago still really applies today. So that's what I'm reading right now. Man, rich dad, poor dad for me. Nice, nice. Jason, you've been sleeping this whole interview on that little tidbit there about playing the video games and the audio books. That, that might be the key takeaway for people today. Listen, try it, try it. You can't, you gotta have them, um, you gotta have the headphones in one ear in the speaker. If you try to have, they got the, the sound source have to be different. One coming from this side, one coming from that side, but it works perfectly. You'll you will have listened to an entire book or two, you know, in a couple of video game settings. So that's my. <laughs> oh man, I'll have to give it a shot. Well, well, thank you both so much. We really appreciate it. If you guys didn't catch it, Quantum Labs. You can find them at www.quantumlabgroup.com. They're on Facebook. They're located in Bridgeton, Missouri reach out. They're looking to do business, help support uh, one of the first and only Black-owned, athlete-owned laboratories in the country. Jason, Sylvester, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate it. Jason, I appreciate you having us, man. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in to the Healthcare Hustle podcast. If you found any content valuable during your time with us, we certainly would appreciate you sharing this episode with your network. For more information on the National Association of Health Service Executives, you can visit the St. Louis Chapter website at www.nahsestl.com. And for the National Office, please visit www.nahse.org. And make sure to be on the lookout for new episodes of the Healthcare Hustle podcast.